Welcome to another episode of Life's a Vacay Podcast, where you're designing life on your own terms, so you're always living on purpose. Welcome to another episode of Life's a Vacay Podcast, a weekly podcast series that focuses on living a life without limitations. I'm your host, Shaw Jones. I'm a life coach, motivational speaker, and intercultural consultant, and now a podcaster. I've traveled to over 45 states and 25 countries. I absolutely love to help people, and you guessed it, I love to travel. Today, I'm going to be talking to Miss Roxana Bengora. Roxana answers to writer, linguistic educational consultant, wellness coach, and most importantly, the title mom. She has a background in journalism and international relations, having worked for NGOs based in New York, Rome, and various countries in West Africa dedicated to sustainable development and democracy. Roxana has had the privilege to be a published author and public relations director of, of Jamonti.com, which was an online magazine that focused on popular African entertainment news from the continent of Africa and the diaspora. Today, I'm going to be talking to Miss Roxana about moving to Mexico and helping your children live their dream. Let's get started. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Well, I am excited to have you because um, we did an interview maybe a few months ago together with another group. It was a panel discussion on Mexico and you had so much energy and I loved it. I love things that you done you know you have your own business you do some work with linguistics you also have a blog girl YouTube so let's just talk about you and where you are right now so you're in Veracruz how did you get there thank you very much thank you very much um got to Veracruz I I met a sister who lives? Who lived out here? She's since moved, but she lived out here for many years. Married to a guy from from Veracruz, and we connected. And she started to, you know, tell me about um, living here. And I was already interested in Veracruz because of the the, the Afro Mexican community and what I had researched. So I was I was open to Veracruz. And then speaking with her, her telling me her life experiences here. Um, her perspective was really different from what I was getting in the, the Facebook Mexico groups. And it was something that I could relate to. And uh, that's what brought me here. That's what made me make the decision to call Mexico, to call Veracruz home these past five years. Yeah. Okay. But you've been in Veracruz for five years and you yes. now call it home and you moved there from New yes. York, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So what has made you stay in Veracruz? I think many different things. Um, funny enough, you know, we're adventurous because we like to travel or, you know, we like to li- live these experiences outside of our, you know, our, our native, or our, our country where we're from. So we're adventurous in that regard. 
but I don't like moving a lot. <laughs> I'm not nomadic, <laughs> okay. even though I, I am, but I'm not, I'm not nomadic. So that's, that's one reason it was important for me to, to like have a sense of a community, to build a community. And I, I really wanted, I was really committed to that. Like I, my intention is to, to buy property here and, and, you know, for my daughter, you know, everything is, is for her to really put roots down here for her. Uh, another big reason is uh, Veracruz is not on the, the typical, um, uh, immigrant tourist, uh, you know, a lot of people from the States or Canada don't necessarily uh, think about Veracruz. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily come here to, to live. So that keeps the, the cost of living uh, very affordable. And, you know, I've enjoyed that. I've, en I've enjoyed that. And um, it's, it's a beautiful state that has a lot to offer. It's, you know, physically beautiful, very rich in, in natural resources. And um, that's, that's why we've decided to stay. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about moving to Veracruz, but every time mm -hmm. I hear someone who has gone to Veracruz, they always talk about how beautiful it is, especially at night mm -hmm. in the on the water on the piers. So yes. I can't wait to get there. Plus, they have the OMAC heads. Uh, exactly. So, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm anticipating one day being able to come to Veracruz. I won't tell anybody because I know you like shh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's my <laughs> reputation people be hating on me but I'm like whatever you know, it, 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 you know and and gentrification or whatever you want to call it I mean it's it's an, it's unstoppable it's happening but you know to to abate it a bit or to slow it down a bit um and that's that's what keeps the you know the good life here it's just really a beautiful place and and the cost of living doesn't make me um you know I'm so used to I'm so accustomed to this sort of pace of life now. I know it's gonna be a, a bit of a, a, a shock when, um, as I've shared with you, as when I travel to the States or when I go to other parts of Mexico to visit and speculate, because we're gonna spend some time um, in Nuevo Leon, Monterrey, which is you know one of the most expensive cities in, in, the, in Latin America. And cost of living there is drastically different. You know, And my, my daughter, um, is interested in, in going there to visit and, and speculate since she's going to be going to college in a few years. So okay. we're thinking about going north. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell my listeners what you actually do that can afford you this life here in Mexico. Uh, well, I do several things. Uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I started working here as, a, as an English language teacher. Uh, working for uh, elementary schools. And then my most recent school was like, I'll equate it to like a technical college, almost like a DeVry. And mm -hmm. um, that's, that school is Zongolica. And that school works with, with, you know, younger people as well as adults, you know, uh, getting their degree. It's a, it's a, it's more like a information technology university. English is a requirement to have in order to, to uh, get your degree. So you have to have English as a foreign language and you have to pass that class in order to get your, your degree. So I, I taught there and out of that, uh, working with different English language teachers who were native uh, Spanish speakers, you know, from Mexico, there was, I saw an opportunity to help them with, uh, with their, their English mastery, if you will. Um, to help them, you know, raise their profile as, as English language educators, linguistic educators. So that's one of the things that I do. I have a course where I work with um, English language teachers who are native Spanish speakers, helping them with their, their presentation, their enunciation, pronunciation, vocabulary, all, you know, all things English. And that's one of the things that I do. I also work with um, 
Spanish speakers in the States uh, as a virtual uh, assistant. Wow, amazing. Life's a Vacay really is about not telling people to give up a nine to five, but to really live on purpose and to follow your dreams. And when you follow your dreams, you won't ever work another day in your life because you'll be doing what you love to do and it won't seem like work. So when you decided to move to Mexico five years ago, did you put a plan together and decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do to um, bring me income? Or did this kind of morph based off of other things? How did that work out I for would, you? I would say los dos, ambos, <laughs> I would say both. I would say los dos, because when I was in the States, I was uh, researching, you know, I, I don't have a, a doctor. I don't have an advanced degree. I don't work for the federal government. I'm not an IT person. Like I, I don't have these qualifications that are high in demand. So what I did have was my my English language skill set. So I started to look at ways of working virtually as an English language teacher. And then I was reaching out to Spanish speaking communities um, in my area, volunteering teaching. So that's, that was, you know, and prior to that, I had done some teaching like uh, with, you know, through my daughter's school, working at her school, but I didn't have a, a degree in teaching. So I kind of did this hodgepodge thing where I was researching ways in, in, in how to make money abroad. And like I said, English was the way to, that was my ticket out of the United States. I was like the fastest, quickest way to get out. So I was researching online, particularly the group, um, I always um, give credit to Black Americans living abroad because this mm -hmm. is where it, it's just a, a beautiful cross-section of, of, of Black people doing really big things, you know, internationally. And I admired that group. I admired, I envied, I, I, I coveted the lifestyle that they had. So those people, and the, they motivated me, you know, my, my, my brothers and sisters and Black Americans living abroad really motivated me to, to move abroad with, with my daughter. So I, I, my plan was to teach English virtually, like that was my plan. And that's what I came to Mexico with. And then, you know, I actually got actual teaching jobs in person, teaching in schools. And then, you know, COVID happened, right? So here we are, we moved here 2017, you know, working online, still running, you know, still teaching, getting to know English language teachers, seeing opportunities for entrepreneurship with this English, you know, with the, with the English language community, because it's a big business in Mexico. It's a big business in my area of Veracruz. So, you know, COVID happened and we had to go virtual with the schools. And then I saw opportunity. That's, that's how the Mangura Institute came about, whereby I was, I could work with English language teachers and help them with their, with their English language skills and and possibly give them opportunities in the states and vice versa so I, we the 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 goal was to do an exchange program uh, mm. an exchange program particularly with schools in the in the dc maryland virginia area where my daughter was born where i have a lot of family now so my goal was to have exchanges between and we did we had a couple of, of meetings uh shortly after covid whereby i had connections with schools in virginia and in maryland and i connected them with with the schools that i was working with here and we would have debates back and forth, uh, English language conversation. And, and that was really an opportunity. Uh, I saw that as an opportunity to bring what I had done for my daughter here to, to students in, in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Like I wanted those students to have an immersive, uh, the teachers and the students to have a really immersive language experience, um, all for more opportunities. And through those, through, through that came about, you know, um, 
the book opportunity that I, I have, or this is the second book, you know, book opportunity. Um, I have, a, I also have a radio program on Blacksit Radio. So there's been many different opportunities that have come my way just by virtue of uh, of me sharing that, you know, hey, I moved to Mexico with my daughter. I'm a single mom. I'm a black single mom, um, and just being vocal about it, creating this the platform of, you know, the Bangura Chronicles as well as the Roxana Bangura channel. So, so many things just blessings, blessings, blessings came my way just by me sharing the, my experiences as being a black single mother in the states struggling, having a bad marriage, losing my home, and kind of taking that opportunity and just you know, turning lemons into lemonade and then just taking my daughter abroad. And a big motivation was I really needed my daughter to be multilingual. That was like a mm. big, big thing. And then I just really like to live outside the United States. It's like not a new thing. So all those things came together and and here we are, I guess, now that I look at it. Yeah. That's, blessings. yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. And you said so many things. Um, I do want to give another shout out to Black, Black Americans Living Abroad and Sunny Days. We both started um, both of our platforms back in the day when the whole Black travel movement hadn't even like boomed yet. But you have said so much in that last little bit that you said where you talked about you know, your, uh, your business and just being able to pivot, pivot when COVID hit and being innovative. And um, when I talk about um, life's a vacay and what it really means and how I want it to kind of blossom and, and for people to show up and to just really be able to live on purpose, one of the things that they have to be able to do often, um, especially when you're living out on purpose, you have to step and have faith often, but you have to be able to pivot because their life will right. throw you some curves. And if you're not yes, ready, you get stuck. And so right. talk a little bit more about the, the pivot and, and some of the things that prepared you to be forward thinking. You're, you know, you're right about the, the you know, on intentional intentionality and, and unconventional. And I, I tell you when, when, you know, everything went down March of 2020 with COVID. Now, prior to that time, and, and I guess maybe I'm backtracking, I knew when I was in the States, I wanted to work remotely. Like I was like, okay. this is the thing to do, work remotely. Like, how do I do this? Work remotely. So, you know, you, you manifest things and you don't necessarily realize because you're thinking about it. You want to do it. You want to do it. And I think a big part of that back in 2017, um, I was maybe, uh, I, I think a lot of times we, I, I, me, me, I lack confidence in myself and I out talk myself of doing things. Mm. And I knew I had, I could Tim, I do that. I have bad self-talk. I doubt myself too much. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I get in my, my, my own way. I mess up things for myself because I, I don't believe in myself as I should. So I know what my intention was I'm researching this and I'm like, they work remotely. You know, I had heard about remote work years prior, but it was still like a foreign concept because mm -hmm. that wasn't my, my reality, you know, working. I always worked in an office or, you know, a building. So I'm just like remote work. How do you do that? Remote assistant. How do you work remotely? What do you do? What does it mean? You know, and then people tell you all these different positions. It got to be very overwhelming, but I always knew, hey, I want to be, look, I want to be able to work remotely so I can travel and do what I want to do. 
like that's what I wanted to do. I didn't know the I knew the what, but I didn't know the how. And I knew the right. why, but I didn't know the I didn't have the, I didn't know the how. That's what it was. Right. So I would say in February of 2020, my daughter came to me, you know, we're in a school every day, you know, she was with me and she was like, mommy, I really want to, I want to travel and I want to go remote online. I'm, I'm over going to regular school in Mexico. That's what my daughter told wow. me like January, February of 2020. And we're still in school, right? We're still in school. And I'm like, okay, this is what my daughter wants. Okay. Then um, I said, okay, you're going to go to school remotely. That was our agreement for the next okay. school year. And, and then March of 2020, you know, everything came down. We had to leave school and, and go remote. And during that time, I'm like, okay, during that time, I was still working for a school and they tried to give me what I call a Motown deal, right? And if you know the history of <laughs> Come Motown. Come on with the Motown. <laughs> Yes, you know, we know the history of Motown and, and what the, the, the music music industry has done to black creatives and how, how so many of our things have been stolen from time and memorial to include, you know, music from the 20th century, black music, right? Black mm -hmm. music, black everything, black thought, black everything. So they try to give me a Motown deal because the school, this is at this time I was with a um, an elementary school. They wanted me to... Um, uh, they had an American uh, English program. They called the American English program and they had at the fifth grade level, they wanted me to write a geography course. And I told them, okay, well, if I'm writing this course and this course belongs to me, you know, I'm going to copyright it. And they said, no, it'll be our course. I said, well, you, you pay McPherson, you pay Macmillan, you pay all these other book, book, um, these other book companies for their intellectual property. If I'm writing a geography course, that's my intellectual property and it belongs to me. Right. They were like, nah, we're not gonna pay you. I'm like, well, you know, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm gonna part ways with you. So, you know, you know, I, I lost my employment because I wasn't going to let them steal my intellectual property. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and here I'm, here am I going, I'm going to preach because I, I wasn't going to let them steal my intellectual property, not only for me, Roxana Bangura, but from all the other people whose property has been stolen as a result of, of, of the system. I was like, no, you're not mm -hmm. going to do that. My ancestors, my ancestors wouldn't even allow me to let you take this from me. It's just not mm -hmm. going to work. Come on, so <laughs> that's right. So I said, you know, I won't sleep. I won't sleep right. So we parted ways, and I was like, uh, what to do? What to do? And that's how the institute came about because I, you know, I wanted to support English language teachers. I wanted, you know, who are native Spanish speakers, raise the profile on them, and then I also wanted to have students who were from my, you know, from our area in the states. I wanted them to have opportunities like my daughter had with Spanish immersion, and then I also wanted our, you know, uh, teachers, educators, linguistic educators in the states to come to Veracruz to have this immersive experience to learn about the the Afro Mexican community in Veracruz and 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 the greater Mexico. So you know, I'm. Leo, we have very lofty, lofty desires and dreams. I'm a, such a typical Leo. All right, Leo. Yes, y'all yeah. do. <laughs> <Lux>. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and it's still, it's still a work in progress whereby, you know, um, having this, these programs of exchanges where people can really learn about uh, uh, Mexico and, and also, you know, being politically minded, you know, I also, you know, now I'm on the other side, I'm in the Latino community and I under, I, I'm understanding certain things and, and certain ideas and ideals 
based on the way people grew up here, based on the information that's fed, particularly about Black people globally, as well as the United States. So my whole mm -hmm. thing was, you know, let us let us build a bridge of understanding here, because I'm political. I'm like, look, y'all go into the states, y'all need to align yourselves with Black folks, so you know we can overthrow this system. So these are these are all <laughs> the, the motivations that I have, because um, just understanding where people are from, you can really understand who they are and why they think the way they think. And then, you know, you can, you can have a better, you know, discourse and interaction with them. So these were, so all of these things, all of these ideas came about during the pandemic. And, and, and that's how the, the, the Bangura Institute came along. But, you know, prior to that, I have the Bangura Chronicles where I talk about my life online. And then, you know, I was my, YouTube channel, I've been lazy with it. But you know, these are just different things that I did just to share experiences here and, and also perceptions because a lot of people have a, a, a bad or ignorant perception about Mexico and it was just to dispel some things as well. All right, and, and, and that is true. But you talked about a couple of things that I think is very important, like bad self-talk. We oftentimes talk ourselves out of great opportunities because we can't get over. Like, no, I can't do that. Um, what's going to happen? No, I'm not ready for that. I mean, whatever you could possibly tell yourself, you start to tell yourself that when it comes down to like reposition yourself and being able to walk in your own purpose and yes. you think about the things that you don't know. But the one thing yes. you said, you said, I don't know how. And I often tell people, you don't have to know the how. You just need to know what. And you start asking the right questions, the right answers will start showing up. And so the how is not necessarily important. And I think a lot of times people get stuck on the how. How will I pay for it? How will I be able to move? How will I um, interact in a, a culture? How, you know, all these questions of how can I do it when that's not really important, it's not about the how. It's what, what am I doing? What do I, how do I want to show up? Who am I? And how do I move in that place? But the how of actually doing it, the logistics and the money and the resources, that, that's null and void. The one thing that um, reminds me of that is like, you didn't really dwell on that how. You asked the question and you're like, you know what? I got to pivot. I got to go back to what am I going to do when you started moving in your purpose in the sense of this is what I know. I know that I'm not going to let them steal my intellectual property. So you have value. No. And oftentimes people, mm -hmm. especially when they're starting on the entrepreneurial track, they start devaluing themselves. So they have that, that yes. talk about I'm not good enough. Yes. I don't know this. Very that, true. That, and then Very true. they don't value who they are. So somebody throws them, oh, I'll give you 50 grand to do this. They're like, oh yeah. Versus hold up. How much is it? If you can give me 50 grand and that's your first, you know, throw out, yeah. then how there much is go. it really worth? And You're how right. much am I worth at this point? And no, I may not know everything. You don't have to know everything, but what do you know? <laughs> right. And then you're so, you're so right. There. So right. You're so right. Absolutely. Those things are important. But the one thing I knew that you were prepared, right? Because even when you go back, you didn't necessarily, well, nobody knew. Nobody knew there was going to be a pandemic, but your daughter came to you and she was like, I want to, I want to go to school online. You know, I want to do sure this. Did. And so you all were being prepared for the next next thing that was about to I, happen. And so you were already I, positioning. 
I think so. And you don't, you don't realize you're so right. And you don't, you know, you don't see the end from the beginning, but you're so right. Because I knew, you know, my daughter was, was over, you know, her experiences in the Mexican school systems. And she was like, look, I, I just want to do something else. I want us to go remote. And, you know, as a mom, your, your child, you know, I got to make it happen. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to keep my daughter happy. Then I, you know, this is what's going to keep her happy and successful. Then we're going to have to do it, you know? And um, I was able to find uh, a sister who taught her, who's who's from the DMV area, and she taught my daughter. And then um, you you're so right when things just manifest themselves, and when you're intentional. And at the time, I don't know how intentional I was being, but I knew that, like you said, we had to make it happen. Like it was right. it was just you know sink or swim, sink or swim, and everything really fell into place. Um, She's in a good school. It's a Mexican school that has a relationship with the state of California and it has an aviation, you know, really strong STEM program, aviation program, and just so many things, you know, and and I'm like, yeah, this is what I wanted. And it's coming to, it's coming to fruition. And you don't realize, you know, I guess I didn't realize how, how strongly words, words are spells and how, you know, manifesting Mm -hmm. all of these things are, are powerful. And, and now she's, uh, She's very happy in her school. And because it's virtual, uh, her dad is taking her to Ghana. And okay. that just really wouldn't have been possible if we if we attended a, a regular, you know, a box school. Right. It just wouldn't have been possible. Not to say obviously COVID had a lot to do with the, with the whole situation, but she's able to to you know still have these experiences that I always wanted her to have, I didn't know how, but I always wanted her to, to, to do so much more and to travel and just experience so much more. And, and I think a big part of that is because we, we, we became intentional and like you said, unconventional. Mm, because people people look at us like well what are you doing here you're I mean on both sides Mexicans like what you live here and then in the states you know when my my nieces or someone introduces us oh well this is my auntie and she lives in Mexico people Mm -hmm. are like what you know I'm like why because I can I live in Mexico because I can when I'm when I'm moody when I don't feel like No, but all of that's important. All of that's very important. And I know that there are some listeners who are probably wanting to know, like, as a single mom, how are you able to just pack up your bags and move to Mexico? So many people think of like all the obstacles, right? And obviously it's not necessarily easy. I have a two-year-old child. I did it. Um, There are so many people who are doing it. But talk a little bit about the experience of being a single mom, making this choice that you were going to move abroad and raise your child and then make sure that she had all the things that she needs. That seems like a very daunting thing to do for someone who is on the other side, just trying to prepare or just thinking about it. Well, first of all, I have to stand in admiration of you because you have a toddler, you have a baby, and that's just a whole different level of motherhood because it's more hands-on. So, I mean, props and kudos to you to, to be doing it in, in this environment and, and exposing him at such an early age, this this sort of life, because I couldn't, I don't even know where my head was when my daughter was two. I didn't, you know, <laughs> if I, I don't even know where my head was when she was two. I don't even remember. I remember if the sun started to go down by four in the winter, I'm like, we got to go home. Time to go home. It was just, you know, everything. So props, props to you because you're doing, you're doing the thing. You're doing the thing because she was eight when we came here. So, you know, pretty much okay. she was, she was eight when we got here that summer. 
Um, she turned nine, but we got here when she was eight. I think, well, what I did was, with the, the logistics of it was, um, I knew that my daughter needed to speak Spanish. And to, in my feeble mind, I didn't think that she was going to capture Spanish if we were just, if I would play Dora and I had your baby can read system where they were teaching her in Spanish or if she mm -hmm. were to attend. And, and I couldn't afford a Montessori school in our area. I couldn't afford, and I, and I heard, I heard, uh, I heard not so good things about the charter schools that we had access to. And I just mm -hmm. couldn't afford these different programs. I just couldn't afford it. And I, and it, and I knew that just because I can't afford it, I, I, I got to figure out a way. So, so right. I, moving to Mexico, you know, moving to Mexico was a big part of her learning Spanish. I literally took my 401k and that's what I moved here with. And I knew, okay, okay. I have my 401k savings. I know where I'm living is, is uh, economical, you know, lower cost of living. I can really do more with less. And um, I, you know, I, had that had that money and then you know i i got work teaching english virtually you know teaching english you know at these schools so that's how i just cobbled it wasn't easy you know it, it they don't pay english teachers well in my area of veracruz so it it and you know in this instance we had to crawl before we were able to walk here you understand we had to crawl mm -hmm. before we were able to walk here so this is five years later and it, you know i didn't even think i would be at this point where i am now where i'm I'm fully functioning online remotely, as is my daughter. And, you know, things are so much better now than when we first arrived uh, because, you know, we're in a better economic situation. But, you know, I guess you just have to take things step by step. And that's what we did. So I had my savings and, you know, I, I had this goal of her speaking Spanish and and I knew that it would be able we would be able to do it in an environment where there weren't many English language speakers, which is where we live. We live in an area mm -hmm. where you don't really hear English. And I knew her going to a school. Her first school was a full all day Mexican school, Mexican school, meaning um, not by a Spanish speaking school. There was no English in it. And uh, I knew that I didn't want her to go to bilingual because in my mind, a bilingual school would have she to me she wouldn't really learn the language because i knew in my mind i knew that she would rely more on english to get by in school so um i you know i put her in this all-day spanish school the school year started that august of 2017 it's that's when the school year started and by December, my daughter told me that she was able to have simple conversations. She was able to understand mm. and express herself by December. So within a, what, a, a four or five month period, she was able to hold simple conversations. And that's simply because she was immersed. And, and I'll tell you something else, good, good study habits, trans, good habits translate in any language. And I say, I share that because her teacher she shouldn't have said this in front of everyone, but her teacher did this. Her teacher told, we had like a parent teacher conference. Everyone was together, the students, kids, everyone was together. Well, no, 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 it was just parents. It was just parents. All the parents were in one room and we were having a conference with the teacher. And she said, Amaris reads very well. Amaris has very good conduct. You know, and I didn't want, and I, I, I was proud of my child, but I didn't want this to be said because it was kind of like, well, look what this child is doing and your children aren't doing it. And I knew in that instant, I'm like, this foolish teacher, she's made my daughter a target. Right. She's made my daughter a target. And she did because bullying ensued. They started to bully my daughter after that. So I, I share that 
to say that those good study habits that you know we had from the states translated even though it's in another language it's a newer language for her she you know she just knew like her colors and numbers in spanish but it still translated and it was still effective in her learning spanish here because she she had already had good habits she had developed good study habits and you know just good conduct which which was uh, very complimentary of the teacher to say i just wish she, she said it to us in private so right um that's how we did it and i'm not special you know many of many a sister has moved here with her kid with their ch children as single parents um and I, I tell people you could do it too you just you know like you said be intentional and sometimes um what is it judge judge told her i love judge told her she was like sometimes you don't have all your ducks in a row you just got to pick up everything and just run for it and just mm -hmm. and then I, I think i did that too i was like we're just gonna have to we're just going to have to make a way because I remember people telling me, OK, and, you know, I've never been to Mexico prior to moving here. I literally just moved here and stayed. I, I'd never been to Mexico. The last time Mexico was a thought was like when I was in college and people went to Cancun. I'm like, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down there to be drunk with no college. To, you know, that was the last time I went right. to Mexico. It just wasn't a place that I thought about or thought to vacation. So when we came here, um, I, I'm, I'm, I could be extreme in my decision. I could be very decisive. So I just decided, I says, we're moving to Mexico uh, and that's it. Uh, I decided like around Halloween of 2016. And if it was left up to me, we would have just moved right then and there. But I wanted my daughter to finish out third grade. I didn't want to pull her in her school year. So we moved that June and uh, it's not a cakewalk. You know, I, I think living abroad, uh, particularly if you don't have a village, uh, particularly if you're a single parent, you really have to not be, you have to be kind of stoic and really self-sufficient because you just don't have that community in many instances. And it's just a different dynamic. So you really got to love your own company and you have to understand that the relationships change because you're not with your people every day, even though there's virtual calls and everything. It's just mm -hmm. different when you just can't, you just can't see your people like that, you know? Right. Um, and, and I think it, it could be a hard lesson to learn, but I'm happy my daughter's learning it now. Um, and, you know, she's the only child. So, you know, only children know how to entertain themselves. Yes, uh, they do. <laughs> so, yeah, they know how to entertain. You know, her father has children, but she's my only child. So, mm -hmm. you know, and she's learned to, you know, uh, like her own company. She reads a lot and everything. And, you know, she's very social. She's very social. She goes to dance class and everything. But I think it's a good lesson to kind of uh, living abroad. You, you just have to be resourceful. Um, like you said, intentional. And um, it's not, you don't always have a plan. Some people really need a plan A, B, C, and D. And if that's the way you operate, that's fine. I'm not necessarily one of those people. Um, and, and that's that. Yeah. You, first of all, you're amazing because, you know, and, and yes, I'm doing it with a two-year-old and, you know, you're doing it, you did it with an eight-year-old, but, you know, the two-year-old, he can't carry bags. So <laughs> that makes it a little bit difficult sometimes, especially when you're trying to navigate going through the airport yeah. stuff. So you have to carry them and their things. But just being able to honor your daughter and her passion, because really, you know, you are changing your own life, but you're also changing her life. And she's in school, so she's getting immersed. And it had to be very difficult, especially when you think about, I, I think about just going to a foreign country. My first foreign country was South Korea. When I got there, 
I didn't speak, you know, Korean. I, I had obviously looked at some of the words and went through YouTube. But at that time, YouTube and Facebook, that was new. That wasn't even something that they had because this was like in 2008, 2009. So... I can just imagine her being eight and being placed in, in a class and you don't really know what they're saying. And then you have to learn and you're trying to translate it in your head. And then you still have to show up and perform and be great at this, right? And, and it takes time. But in four months to be able to have conversations of any sort, I'm always amazed at how children can just pick up things and then how they Indeed. can just learn. And it's, it's amazing. So it so is amazing. Yeah. So for those people who have children who are thinking about how, how do you, how do you do it? How am I going to affect my child? It's really about what are you going to give your child and what opportunities are your child, your children going to be able to have because you're repositioning them. I think so many times we think about all the challenges that we end up not doing something because we think that the challenges are too big. But if you can dream it and believe it, then you can move in it. And that's not just Amen. something I'm saying. It's really, okay, we have fears. There are things that we feel like we're not able to do, not capable to do, um, don't have the resources to do. But when you start thinking about all those things, you'll talk yourself out of it. But if you start moving in that direction, like, you know what? I'm just going to have faith that everything is going to show up. I have passion that it's okay for me to go to Mexico and thrive. And then all the doors just magically begin to open. And not that it's a cakewalk because it doesn't just be like, oh, and everything just happens for you. You really have to have some type of plan. And you don't, like you said, mm -hmm. you don't have to have the A, B, C, Ds of the plan. You just have to have a plan. I'm moving to Mexico. That's a plan. And then you start, mm -hmm. how am I moving to Mexico? And then you start thinking about, okay, what is in Mexico for me to do? And how can I just, you know, position myself? What, what can I do in Mexico? And all these other things start to just appear for you. And then you start to position yourself in a way to get you to Mexico. So yes, kudos to you because it's not easy to not to to just get prepared for yourself but it's, it's a little bit harder when you have other people who are depending on you let's just talk about fear only for a moment because i know that there are some people talking about well you know i have all these naysayers i have people who are telling me that it is impossible how do you transition and begin to live a life that's a vacay when you have naysayers that are telling you that's impossible or you have your own, like you said earlier, that self-talk? How do you reposition in that moment? I don't know if it's, it's, it's stubbornness, tenacity, or, or stupidity, but I'll tell you a story. Um, my homegirl, you know, my, my good, good homegirl, my daughter's um, godmother, when I told her I'm moving to Mexico, uh, she was like, for what? And I was like, well, you know, I cited that I wanted my daughter to, to be fluent in Spanish. She was like, you could go move to D Dominican Heights or Washington Heights in, 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 you know, in, in Manhattan <laughs> and your daughter. Yeah, girl. I was like, really? Is this what you're telling me right now? So I found that so offensive. And so um, you know, we moved. And then when we went back to the States, we went back to the States around Christmas. She had a whole Kwanzaa party and we were basically the guests of honor. And mm. she was, 
everyone was fawning over my daughter's Spanish. You hear what I'm saying? We were like bells of the ball. I was like, like, I forget the rap song, How You Like Me Now was basically right. <laughs> because, um, you know, everyone was like, oh my goodness, you know, all everyone was fawning over, you know, my daughter's uh, Spanish and how we were living in Mexico and everyone was sharing their Mexico stories and everything. And um, I'm like, yeah, like, I don't, I, I said, you know, it's a different, it's a shift. It's a mentality shift. So I, I share that to say, um, people who will not support you. Uh, and sometimes it's your closest people, you know, it's your closest mm-hmm. people that won't be supportive of you. I think it's important, like you said, the self-talk. I mean, obviously it has to come from a place where you have to have confidence from, from your, from, for yourself. But I think it's also important to surround yourself with people who are supportive. Reach out to people who are living a similar life to you or who have a similar mindset to give, you know, to be supportive to you, to give you advice, you know, to share information, exchange ideas. And, and that's what I, I did with, with researching Mexico. I remember there from, from when I made the decision to move that fall of 2016, I read voraciously about Mexico every day. It was like I took a, I gave myself a course on Mexico. I read so much about this country prior to moving here. And then I took my, and then I have a friend, I have a friend from Puebla. He's in, um, he's in Maryland and he's my good friend. He wasn't supportive of my move, but I, he, I know he, I got on his nerves because there wasn't, I asked him every day, I would call him and send him a text message. Hey, this, Hey, tell me about Mexico. This, Oh, what about this in Mexico? Every day I had a question about him for, about Mexico. And then I would go to places where I knew there was a Mexican diaspora and I would say, Hey, I'm moving to Mexico, what can you tell me? So I was just all up in the in the in the Mexican diaspora streets in, in Virginia, Maryland, DC, and 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 asking about Mexico, talking about Mexico, and then also in the groups and 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 talking about Mexico and being very vocal about Mexico. And as a result of that, I met three women, two of them were Mexican, and one was um Honduran and Canadian married to a Mexican. And this is even before I moved to Mexico. I had had already three people here who were Mexican, who hosted me. We were friends. We, they've hosted me in their home just because of the way I, I guess, you know, I, I portrayed myself online. They appreciated that and they reached out to me. So I, I surrounded myself with people who were like-minded and I reached out to the community in which I was going to live in. And, and that was what was encouraging to me. And I think, I think it was, you know, God sends people in your path because as a result of, of me being so vocal, I, I, I have friendships with Mexican people before even moving here, you know, that were very, that were very supportive of me moving here. And I, I talk to them, they give me counsel because I'm an immigrant. I'm a baby Mm -hmm. here. What do I know? I didn't grow up here. This is not my point of reference. And mm-hmm. I can go to them and I can ask them questions about things because it's where, you know, it's only a fool that doesn't take instruction. So mm-hmm. this, this was the sort of thing that I was doing. And uh, now um, my grandniece, my niece's daughter, I'm on top of her. I'm like, you know, you plucking my nerves. What's going on with her Spanish language? What's going on with Spanish? Why is she not learning Spanish? You know, so uh, people have, you know, the, the family has come around and, and those that haven't, they know I'm stubborn. I'm going to do what I want to do. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Yeah. That's, that's great because oftentimes we don't do it because we hear naysayers or people tell us 
that something's bad is going to happen, but it's great that you had a plan and then you have forward thinking to connect with other people. And when you really start wanting something, whatever it is, whether it's to move to Mexico, whether it's to buy a house, whether it's to start a business, you have to start putting yourself in that mindset, surrounding yourself by that thing and preparing your mind to be prepared for the next step. And the next step is moving. The next step is buying the house. The next step is starting the business. But if you aren't thinking about that and that has not become something that you are consumed with, then odds are you're not passionate about it. And it, it probably will not work. So when you start consuming yourself with the very thing that you desire and you want, you'll start moving towards that. And you won't allow any anybody to say anything. You won't allow any of that to penetrate your mindset because your mindset is to move you towards the very thing that you want. I'm absolutely, I'm so excited um, that you're doing some amazing thing and that you've created the life that you wanted here in Mexico. And you did it even when you didn't know how or what was next. And that's, that's something because oftentimes we have to make our biggest moves in the dark, um, not yes, necessarily dark outside, yes, <laughs> but yes, with the unknown in front of yes. us. And that's really that's right. what faith is all about. And so you that's have right. to be able to, to move faithfully through whatever it is that is in front of you so that you can get the desired result that you want. So right. with that being said, you have created a business um, and you have learned to pivot. So when, when I say life is a vacay, I know what that means for me, but how are you living a life that you would say is on vacay and not necessarily a vacation life, but a life that gives you freedom and flexibility to do the things that you want here in Mexico? I would say the, the most important thing is, is having... Um, being almost not, not drawing the line in the sands, but being uncompromising in, in what I wanted. And I know, and like I said, it, it was like a five-year dream to, to be fully remote. And now I am. Mm-hmm. I do everything, you know, online. Um, I'm in the process of getting another phone that will um, that I'll be able to even be even more free, whereby I can do everything with my phone. I don't have to lug around my, you know, my laptop. So being intentional with that. And, you know, my daughter's is fully remote. Uh, So my life being my life being a vacay is my health is 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 a priority because I'm a mom of an only child. So I Mm -hmm. think it's very important to take good care of myself because I don't want to be a burden to my child. So I take my health very seriously. I work around my wellness schedule and I'm unapologetic about it. Um, My partner called me yesterday. And uh, after after the time, I says, look, I'm at the I'm at the chiropractor because I go to the chiropractor regularly. I'm like, look, I'm at the chiropractor. I, I'm not talking about this right now. So I'm very I'm, I have very finite times in which where I'm working. Um, uh, I take good care of myself. I eat very well. Um, we take our day trips. It's just it, it my my mental and physical wellness. Our mental and physical wellness is priority. And these were just these were kind of 
these were things that I wasn't able to do as much in, in the US. Like I, I had to, I was bound by work. I was bound by stress. I was bound by debt. Um, to me, life's a vacay that literally my, my credit score went up 47 points a couple of days ago, my US credit right. score. Okay, <laughs> 47 <laughs> points. You know, I'm in the process of, I, I just opened up a second bank account here. I'm trying to, I, I'm applying for credit cards here. That's a part of my life is a vacay. Um, just being able to have a legacy for my daughter outside of just the United States. She, mm -hmm. she knows that she can live well legally in, in this country, live well legally and, and be a, a, um, a legal resident and live well, like she has options. And I tell people, you know, we, I love going to the States because it's so nice to visit as a tourist. It's nice to obviously connect with family, eat all the food that we can't get to eat, go shopping because we're bigger women and we just can't find our, our sizes here. And it's, it's all good. But then when I'm tired, it's also nice to know I have a whole other place that I can call home, that I could spend time in. So that's all a part of life is a vacay. I'm mm -hmm. not bound. I'm not bound to any one thing. I'm not bound to any one thing. I don't feel tied down. I don't feel necessarily obligated to to any anything outside of my wellness and my daughter's wellness and happiness, I guess that's that's how I I look at it as life is a vacay. That's big because freedom means that you are without restrictions, and oftentimes we don't even put health first. Um, that's why, especially African Americans or Black people are are not that healthy because we're not mm -hmm. thinking about our health but when you put that mm -hmm. at the forefront you free up all of the medications that one has to take mm -hmm. just to have a life and that's not living like mm -hmm. when if you that's have it. to like I can't even imagine if I had to wake up because I'm not good at it I'm not good at popping pills <laughs> so if I had to wake mm -hmm. up and be like oh at eight o'clock I gotta take this pill I gotta take this pill mm -hmm. that that is very restrictive you know and yes. If you have good health, you have wealth because that gives yes. you the freedom and flexibility to do a lot of things that other people aren't able to do because they got to restrict what they eat. They got to restrict how they eat. They got to restrict how they move. Their mobility is probably um, not that optimal. So you just think about all the things that you cannot do if you're not able to breathe air correctly if you're not able to run if you're not able to walk long distances all these things that people are plagued with because they're not taking care of themselves they're not thinking about going to the gym they're not thinking about eating correctly and not having pork chops for breakfast lunch and dinner you know <laughs> so yep that's important and it does very much so um very a better much perspective so. and a better uh ability to live well and not yes. and I tell people all the time it's not just about living because if you wake up you're you're alive right but you're mm -hmm. not living into your intentional about how you're doing so right Amen. and so Amen. when Amen. I think Amen. about <laughs> right it's got to be intentional but when I think about just you know, putting this platform together and and just coming up with the phrase life's a vacay it it really meant way more than a slogan, right? It's really yes. about being intentional about your life and being able to show up on purpose and do exactly what you want to do without having to ask anybody permission. So being yes. very 
um, unapologetic about how you do it, why you do it, when you do it, and you just move on purpose. And I think mm-hmm. so many people are in bondage because they're tied to a house, they're tied to a house note, they're tied to a car, they're tied to a car note, they're tied, yes. <laughs> they're tied to a, yes. a job. Um, all yes. these other things that we bound ourselves to instead of just being free beings and just living. Yes. And again, I don't care if you have a nine to five job. Is that nine to five job giving you the ability to do the things that you want to do? Or is it preventing you from doing it? And those are questions you just really have to ask yourself because you can have a great job, make all the money in the world. But if you can't spend that money, if you can't, if that money is not affording you a better lifestyle or the ability to do the things that you truly want to do, then you still a slave. And it doesn't matter. So <laughs> I could go on forever, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that to you alone. But I am glad that you're putting your health first and that's a priority to you. So before we wrap up, can you give my listeners three nuggets um, that can encourage them to create a life of vacay on their terms? Um, I'll, I'll use a quote and I don't know the original writer of the quote, but one thing I, I like to tell myself or remember is the thing that you want is on the other side of your fear. That's mm-hmm. one. I think again, you know, surround yourself. If you want to, uh, you want a thing. Um, okay. You know, we have these dating coaches, right? And dating coaches tell women, okay, if you want a certain type of man, you need to be where he at. If you want a doctor, go mm-hmm. to the, um, what you call the cafeteria in the hospital. If you want someone who might be economically, uh, you know, he has a higher economic status, maybe he's at a country club, go to a, you know, get a membership at a country club. So it's about positioning. If you, you want to move abroad in this instance, and you know, if you're like me, a black woman, a single black woman who may, with a child or without, put yourself in the position of people who are like-minded, join groups, whether they're virtually or uh, or in person, you know, meet up as such a group, join groups where there are people who are doing these things that you want to do. If you're, you know, um, you're interested in an international career, well, then talk to people who work for the State Department or diplomats or work for the United Nations or any type of international entity. You have to position yourself into, in, into spaces and places and, and with people who, who you, you admire or you want to emulate. So I would definitely say that's, that's the, the second thing. And I think um, you said a third nugget. Um, I mean, you have to give yourself good. You have to somehow find the, the belief within yourself that you could do it. If you, whatever you want to do, you have to find the, you know, the belief in yourself that it can be done. And failure to me, failure is not even trying because you could go. And I, and I remember that was like the first thing I wrote when I started the Bangor Chronicles on Facebook. I wrote, hey, I'm here, I'm here in Mexico and I might fall flat on my face, but at least I tried. I tried. Yes. Yes. That's, that's and that's, that's it. That's it. I tell people all the time, you can go. If it doesn't work out, go home. So there are yeah. options. And if you don't try, you already failed because now mm-hmm. you have something that you, that you desire to do that you won't even allow yourself to do. So mm-hmm. yes, thank you for that. And thank you for participating and showing up when I 
put out the call. You said yes. I appreciate that. And thank you. It's always a pleasure to hear more of your story. Please tell my listeners how they can contact you or follow you on your social media handles. Oh, sure. Reach out to me on on the Bangura Chronicles. Uh, That's uh, B-A-N-G-U-R-A Chronicles, the Bangura Chronicles on Facebook. Um, I have the Roxana Bangura channel on YouTube and um, the uh, Roxana.Bangura, R-O-X-A-N-A dot Bangura on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you again for doing the interview. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. You guys, you heard it here. If you want to reach out to Roxana, she's giving you all the ways to contact her. But until next time, push through, do what you love to do. Don't let anything stop you. Peace. You have been listening to Life's a Vacay podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Every day you have a choice. So choose yourself and never allow your circumstances to dictate the life you live. Whatever you don't like, you can change. Remember, nothing happens overnight. But know that when you set goals and take inspired action, whatever you desire can come in perfect timing. Never give up on creating the life you deserve. Don't anticipate your next vacation when you could be living a whole life on vacation. Until next time, I'm your host, Cha Jones. Please remember to like and share this podcast so that others can be inspired. Peace.